Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. You're listening to episode 41, What Traditional Chinese Medicine Has to Say About Your Fertility, Part 2. Today we're going to talk about what your menses is trying to tell you when it comes to your fertility and how to rebalance it naturally. We're also going to touch on that dreaded subject of age and what exactly the ancient sages of TCM thought about it and how you could turn back the clock and that you actually have two separate ages. So if you missed part one, where I talked about timing and length of your cycle and the nitty gritty when it comes to ovulation, then I encourage you to go back and check out that episode as well. You can listen to them in any order you like, and you can find that one at ladypotions.com forward slash episode 37. So the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because we get so used to our own normal that we don't realize when sometimes things aren't normal when it comes to our bodies, especially our periods. And you might notice this if you've ever compared notes with a friend and they've been lamenting about their period, how terrible it is, or if you've been the one saying how crampy and awful and painful it is, and they look at you like, that doesn't happen to me. And you just think maybe that that is your lot in life or how you're made. And it doesn't really have to be that way. And in fact, I truly think that these symptoms are your body's way of trying to tell you that something's out of balance. You should feel good physically all the time, even when you're menstruating. Now, I don't mean that you have to feel perfection all the time. We have ups and downs in our physicality, just like we do in our mental, emotional life. But you shouldn't be sidelined every month from your period. And certainly if you are trying to conceive and that's the case, there's something that needs to be corrected that very likely could have a very positive effect on your fertility, whether you're trying to do that all natural or with IVF. Now I find in the clinic that I will ask a woman about her period and she'll say normal. And that just means normal for her. And that's really why I wanted to drive this episode home. So let's just get into the nitty gritty about your period. Okay, so bleeding. The amount that you bleed is really important. It should be more steady flow if you can shape it into that. A lot of times we will have one or two days that are heavier than the others. And we want an adequate amount of flow. We want to actually bleed for four to five days. If your period's on the lighter side and you find that you're only bleeding for one to two days, and maybe others have called you lucky or you've just thought how great that is that you don't bleed like everybody else, Yes, that's great unless you're trying to conceive. Implantation actually needs a really fresh, viable blood supply in the uterus so that that embryo can be nourished and grow. And in order to do that, the lining has to be really thick and well vascularized. It kind of looks like fresh French bread. If you've ever ripped open a baguette when it's fresh and you see these like little pockets that are different sizes that the yeast is created, your lining needs to look like that too. And we want to make sure that it's not too thin and not too thick. Otherwise, the embryo won't implant properly. One of the things that often gets missed is the importance of shedding the lining every single month so that you don't have old blood sitting at the base of that lining. Because let's say you've got fresh blood on top and the embryo is trying to burrow in, and then all of a sudden 
it hits what it thinks is the uterine wall, but it's really not. It's this old buildup of blood that hasn't come out before. It's kind of thick and slimy. You may have noticed that when you spot that it's like brown and almost has like a liquidy kind of sense to it. We want to make sure that we're getting rid of that every single month because when that embryo implants, if it's not all the way implanted in, the chances of miscarriage is a lot higher. Now, if you're one of those scanty bleeders where you're only bleeding one to two days, it's a good indication that your uterine lining is insufficient to actually nourish an embryo. And this can happen naturally. It can happen as a result of not eating enough blood nourishing foods or not enough fats. So if you've been, let's say, vegan or vegetarian for a long time, and maybe you haven't done that in a way that is super nutritious, where your body has been able to make a lot of blood out of that, you might find that you have a thinner lining. Definitely not against being a vegetarian or a vegan, but one way that you can tell if it's working for you is your body's ability to actually make a uterine lining. And by the way, how much uterine lining you can make is almost a direct correlation in Chinese medicine to how much breast milk you're going to be able to make because your body actually uses the same kind of building blocks to do both, which is why it's rare to be bleeding or menstruating and breastfeeding at the same time. It takes a lot out of you. So we want to really make sure that this foundational part of your body is in place to be able to grow the embryo as well as to then feed your baby later. So increasing the amount of blood building foods that you eat like eggs complete with the yolk, um, clean sources of red meat, clean sources of full fat dairy if dairy does not bother you and things like seeds and nuts and coconut oil and avocados and really good healthy fats also help that as well as staying hydrated. There's also um, herbs that you can employ like baishao or peony and licorice from blood building categories. And we'll get into that in a little bit when I talk about the formulas that I use to balance out a woman's menses at the end of the show. The other thing that you can do to ensure that the amount of bleeding stays the same throughout those four to five days is to not overexercise. If you overexercise from Chinese perspective and you begin to sweat a ton, uh, you actually do a disservice to your body and then your body is losing menstrual blood at the same time and you're extra depleted. So non-impact, light stretching, swimming, things of that nature that are more nourishing and building are appropriate to do while you're bleeding in order to help your lining be as good as it can be for a developing embryo. Now the next part is clotting. So you've probably been told at some point in your life that clotting is normal and that it's okay to have it. Now I'm sure most women out there at some point have had clotting, but it's not totally normal. The clots that you see in your menstrual blood have actually been forming way, way before you had your period. And that's why they can also look really, really dark. The darker they are, typically the older they are. And so the problem with clotting is that, like I said, implantation depends on established healthy lining with a really good blood supply. And a clot can instantly stop that blood supply to an embryo. So If you see a lot of clots, if you have a lot of pain and then you pass a clot, then it's an indication that you need herbs in the blood breaker category during your period to actually clean out. Um, Things like Mayan abdominal massage that we covered with Jen Pohl in one of our earlier episodes is really helpful at keeping your body from creating clots. 
eating healthy, not eating foods that are inflammatory. Um, excess sugar can also cause clots. So again, revisiting that episode that we did on diet as well, taking the quiz to find out what your TCM diagnosis is and how you should eat should actually prevent clotting. Now, another place that you'll see clotting is in women that have um, either diagnosed or suspected endometriosis. And in those women, um, you really want to make sure that you're not eating an overabundance of uh, red meat or dairy or sugar or fried foods. Anything, all those things are inflammatory. And occasionally in those women, gluten is also inflammatory. And sometimes coffee, especially if you have an intolerance to gluten, sometimes there's that cross-contamination between coffee and corn as well that will show up as inflammatory. And anytime the blood is inflamed in the individual, you will find extra clotting. So you definitely can stop and at least slow down this clotting with things like myan abdominal massage and proper diet and nutrients. And then if you feel like you want to shed everything, make sure that everything's getting out, like you're noticing a lot of clots and a lot of brown, then I would encourage you to do a vaginal steam, which you can also find do-it-yourself directions from that episode that I did with Jen Pole and the Maya abdominal massage. So I talked a little bit about cramping uh, when I touched on the clotting. A lot of times for most women, those things go hand in hand. But really what you're feeling when you're cramping is the uterine wall spasming. Stale, stagnant blood does not want to move. And that's why the muscle in the uterine wall has to make really difficult, like hard to bear cramps in order to shake that blood loose. So if you're having a lot of cramps, it's a sign that you've got some old blood there. And so we really need that fresh lining in order for implantation to happen. Severe cramping is referred to in Western medicine as dysmenorrhea, which just means painful menses. And it is not normal. It is not something that you have to endure. It is oftentimes for some women something that will keep them home because the pain is so bad or they'll need acetaminophen, Tylenol, Advil, one of those things, anti-inflammatories. And those actually work against you because they start to thin the lining of the intestines and they create what's called intestinal permeability. And when that happens, you actually set yourself up for food intolerances or creating adult onset allergies to food and what you ingest. And when your immune system gets overamped, then it can also cause problems with your endocrine system. So it's all related. If you can actually take herbs or do some of the techniques like I spoke about, like my abdominal massage, steams, Chinese formulas, eating correctly, it should severely cut down on the amount of cramping that you have. Because if you're releasing all the blood every month, you'll have less and less old blood each month. Now, another aspect of your menses that's important to note is heavy bleeding. Now, I said at the beginning of the show that you want to see it kind of all come out evenly, and it is more common that we have one heavy day, but what we don't want to see is gushing for one day and then spotting for three. That doesn't really count as a four-day cycle. You want to have more even bright red flow for those four days if possible. Heavy bleeding can indicate that you have an issue with what's called spleen chi deficiency, where your body doesn't have enough energy to actually open and shut the uterus and kind of control how much blood is flowing at once. And the issue with that is that you just get completely wiped out and fatigued. And so when you lose that much blood, then you have to spend the entire next month rebuilding, not only for a new period, but for you, because you're just completely wiped out. Over time, excessive bleeding um, can 
lead to other things like anemia, where you don't have enough iron because you're losing it so fast. So what you can do, I've talked about eating properly. That's huge. Not over-exercising when you're menstruating. Using techniques like self-fertility massage from the Maya tradition or vaginal seams, as well as including traditional Chinese herbs. Now, if cramping is just the problem and you want to substitute a tincture instead of anti-inflammatories like Advil, you could use something out of the Western category like red raspberry leaf to tone your uterus all month long and then cramp bark when you are actually having your period and cramp bark actually helps to lessen the feeling of cramps in the smooth lining that you're feeling. So those two things work great if the only problem you have is cramping. Now, if you've kind of got this smattering of all of the things that I talked about, which is totally normal, uh, you might want to consider some traditional Chinese formulas that include herbs from blood building categories, as well as what we call blood breakers. The blood breakers break up clots and old stagnant blood so your uterus doesn't have to cramp as hard and so that you can get it out and flush it. And then the blood builders help your body to give it a little bit of a head start on making new blood from the food that you eat the next month so that you have a nice fresh lining just waiting for that fertilized embryo. Age. I said we were going to talk about this. It's like the dreaded thing when it comes to fertility, right? Especially if you're over the age of 35, I feel like AMA or advanced maternal age distinction is like this dirty little word they write on your chart. The reality is though, is that it does matter. And that's because as women, we carry all of our eggs. And even as the time that we come out of our mother, when we come out of utero, we have half as many eggs as we started with as soon as our bodies decided we were female. So just to kind of give you an idea of how fast they decline, and then everything that we are exposed to, every thought that we have, every food that we put in, every toxin, every pharmaceutical, every over-the-counter medicine, all of that can potentially affect our eggs. Now, it has a stronger effect on the eggs that are in that 120-day queue from what's called a sperm cell to coming out to become an actual ripe fertile egg. Those are the ones that are most damaged by everything, but there is evidence to show that what we're exposed to even at young ages and in utero can affect our ability to create life as well. So if you go back to things like pharmaceuticals in the 50s that were given to some mothers, and then it permanently retarded the ability of their fetuses to then have birth because it actually misshaped their uterus. So there's lots of things like that that can happen that affect our fertility. So we do want to be careful with what we put in and and what we're thinking, which is why I also have this big emphasis on mindfulness and meditation. And you might be thinking, well, what does it matter if what I've been exposed to has already done the damage? But you can kind of turn back the clock. There's this idea that you have a chronological age, right? Like, so I am 39 years of age according to my birthday. But then you have like how old you really are based on how you've lived your life. And the Chinese had this idea 3,000 years ago that there was two ages. And now you can actually prove that in science if you measure what's called telomeres. And telomeres are the end of your DNA. They look like little caps on the ends of your shoelaces. And they actually will give you an idea of how old you are internally. 
And so if you are somebody that is considering maybe freezing your eggs because you're putting off fertility and you really want to understand what your lifestyle has done to you and how old you actually are, I actually suggest getting a TLMR test and then retesting in about nine to 12 months after that of clean living to see if you've lengthened them at all, if you've actually reversed the clock. And then that can actually tell you like, hey, maybe I don't need to freeze my eggs. Maybe I can buy myself some time with clean living. But if they're the same size or shrinking, then it might be something that you want to consider if Mr. Wright has not popped up by that point. Now, We all know in Western medicine that advanced maternal age is defined as age 35, but the Chinese actually had a little bit of a different view, and they said that women and men matured differently. Big surprise, right? That every seven years for a female and every eight years for a male was when we went through a really big transition. So if you think about a female being 7, 14, 21, 28, 35, So you can see where that correlates with Western medicine at that 35, but they showed that at about age 28, things started, instead of moving uphill, they started to kind of trickle down, downhill. On the good side, they actually thought though, that you should be able to conceive that conception did not end until 49 and that at 42, that that was really when you started to see this kind of bottoming out, that it was like in between 42 and 49 was chance if you were going to get pregnant. And then with men, if you look at their cycles of the cycles of eight, it's eight, 16, 24, 32. And you think about men, a lot of times men aren't even ready to create a family until they're about 30 years of age, right? So there's a little bit of difference there. And then again, it also depends on what they've done to their body. Now, Men are very lucky in the way that they make new sperm every 90 to 120 days. So they can kind of turn back the clock, so to speak, on their DNA and what shows up in sperm because they don't have such an effect on chromosomes. But what they are exposed to has an effect on fragmentation of DNA, which can affect how well a fertilized embryo then continues to develop. If you want to know more about male fertility, then I encourage you to go back to an episode that I did with Dr. Zev Williams from Columbia University, because we talked a lot about how much paternal age matters when it comes to single gene mutations, especially when you're talking about things like autism and bipolar and other mental emotional disruptions. So if you missed that episode and you want to know more, or maybe your partner is of advanced paternal age, then you should check out that episode at ladypotions.com forward slash episode 27. Now, there are ways to turn back the clock besides just clean living. There are certain categories of herbs that were said to have only been taken by the sages or people of royalty because it would help them live forever. One of those herbs is called hushawu. And it's great at helping what the Chinese call jing or essence. And so your jing in essence is directly related not only to your age, but how strong your constitution is and what you have to pass down to your developing embryos. So hushawu is a great Chinese herb that comes in a lot of formulas, but it also comes by itself. And many people take that alone, which is a little bit of an oddity when you're talking about Chinese herbs, but it works very well in both a male or a female. Uh, Zinc has been shown to help 
sperm fragmentation, especially in advanced paternal age, 20 uh, micrograms a day. Alpha lipoic acid has been uh, touted to help egg quality in a woman, especially of advanced maternal age. That needs to be taken for about three to six months to show any difference. And then there's also DHEA, which is an anabolic steroid. It is kind of the precursor for all the other steroids in our body. And there have been a couple studies around IVF clients that showed that DHEA helped the quality of the eggs that were retrieved in advanced maternal age. That's one that you want to proceed with very, very carefully. I suggest that you have your levels taken first to see if in fact you're low in DHEA and to make sure that none of your other hormones are out of whack before you begin to supplement with it. Because even though you can get it over the counter, if you don't need it and you take it, you can get some serious side effects. Just like if you were taking anabolic steroids, meaning roid rage, acne on your back, as well as it affecting all of your other hormones in a negative way. So talk to your provider, see if it's something that you should consider if you are worried about your egg quality. Okay, so that was part two on what your menses has to tell you about your fertility. I hope you understand how important it is to see that bright, fresh blood to be flowing for four days, that that in itself is a sign that your body is now ready to conceive. So hopefully you will use this going forward as a marker that you're ready and a way to tell you how your body is interacting with your environment, both externally and internally. If you have any questions about how you can use herbs safely, or if you would like to work with me and you're in the St. Petersburg area, I'd love to see you. You can uh, visit my clinic, Art of Acupuncture in St. Petersburg, Florida. And if you're not in the Tampa Bay area, we can still work together remotely. All you need to do is click on the link found in today's show notes at ladypotions.com forward slash episode 41. Thanks for spending your time with me. I look forward to next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com, where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.